Hello, fellow Amiga users and Scene World podcast listeners. This is Amiga Bill from the Guru Meditation. And this is Anthony from the Guru Meditation. And you are listening to Scene World Podcast. Hey, everybody. He's Jurg. I'm AJ. That makes this Hello. the Scene World Podcast. How's it going? Good, good. That's nice. In a minute, we have Liwei Guan. She is part of uh, the Micronics. Uh, they are working on a new mechanical keyboard for the Amiga 500, 600, and 1200. Um, this has been sort of a thing that, that we, we mentioned it in our last podcast. It's on Kickstarter. At, at this point, as we're talking, there's 15 days left, and there's still quite a bit left to, um, left to reach their goal. So, um, Liwei sat down with us for a bit to talk about how this started and, and, um, and, and where they're going with it. So that's in just a minute. Um, before that, we'll do our obligatory news. And I don't know that I have any news because I feel like we just did this. Um, from ships and sound trolls, the game that we mentioned in our last podcast, Cast, which yes. was um, <clears throat> the um, the month before the last one, where we talked um, to a developer and a publisher about their point of view about Gamescom. They also mentioned this game, and it has been released, and it's at least um, right now available at a discount from Steam. So if you want it, now is your chance. Cool, cool. Um, another news is... There has been released on YouTube a VHS recording from the early 80s where somebody um, made a whole um, episode of the original Star Wars, uh, oh, yes. Star Trek, Star Trek, yeah, and made <clears throat> made um, animated graphics from the Apetsky character set and then recorded it together with music you know what and um the um speech was replaced by subtitles and yes. that's a totally unique experience so you, you want to know something go check that out that uh i'm pretty sure that i had the actual animated the file for that i downloaded it really? off of q-link way back in the day of course there was no music or anything but but the raw like the animated cg file i believe is pretty old and someone, well, obviously it's on VHS, but someone um, added music to it for the VHS thing. But but that um, actual animation is not new. It is so, it is pretty cool though. Where can people find it? I have no idea. There were things like that back in back in the day um, on QLink where people would make these animated things. One of the ones that I remember was. Um, called Road Pizza, and it was a, um, I think it was a, a bunny that gets run over by a car, gets? and that's yeah, it, it's okay. like a bunny that gets run over by a car, and that's the entire animation. Um, I'm looking now to try to find out <laughs> if there's a uh, date on it. Yeah, '86. Yeah, so this thing was made in 1986 in Basic. But the wow. file was available to download on QLink back way back when, and that's where I had downloaded it from. And back then, nobody made backups or archives 
I'm sure it exists somewhere. I'm sure that it, it, it exists somewhere on this planet. I just Q linked it was not was not archived. There is a lot of the um a lot of stuff that was from Q Link is on the Genie C sixty four archives. I wow. found a lot of things that, that were from Q Link. Okay. Q Link, you know, when they went down there was a wealth of stuff that went with Whoa. them and it's a shame. There Whoa. was a lot of um like I remember downloading these demos, which were <clears throat> demos in in only the loosest sense of the word. Usually they were made with demo makers. They had Sid music, you know, garbagey Sid music, not you know demo type music. And it would be like just a picture, just like a, a picture of something from Star Trek or whatever, and that wow. would be the entire demo. And wow. and it you know that stuff is gone now because it was never its context existed entirely within Q-Link and mm. Q-Link is gone and all this stuff went with it. And it's a real and, shame. And archive.org just started archiving in 96, which is too late for Q-Link. Yeah. Well, Q-Link wasn't even, you know, that's not internet-based. That was its own little system. So archive.org yeah, wouldn't yeah. even gotten in anything. Well, that's not true. Archive.org also got things that are not mm. internet-related. Okay. I'm sure that there's... Like movies, books... Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I'm sure that somewhere in the world, someone may have some of, a lot of these files on a disk someplace that they've forgotten about. That might be in a box in an attic or something. Um, but are they still readable? That's a question. I don't know. I don't know. But you know, but the actual, or, you know, I, I'm, I'm, but but finding it, tracking the stuff down is very very difficult, and I don't think it'll, uh, I don't think it'll happen for some time. <laughs> yeah. Ask Frank Gasking about it. Yeah. The Games That Weren't project. Oh my god. Right. Well there's 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 two places that are good for finding uh Q Link stuff, which is again, the Genie Archives has a lot of stuff. And then um John Perky has a there's a website that's got a lot of I believe they're fifteen eighty one discs full of mm. um files that were downloaded off of Q Link. It's the Squirrel's Nest collection, he calls it. Um, which which automatically means it's also mirrored on uh, archive. Yeah, arch- yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And he's the, the, that guy that was um, you know gullible off of QLink. It was his handle on QLink. Mm. One of the okay. big one of the big names from back in the day. And wow. uh, so those are the two main places that I've found where there's a good selection. Um, there's a couple of BBSs I've seen that have had that have like QLink downloads or something on them. I haven't really mm. gone through them too much. Just because you know the the it's a process on when you're doing it actually on like the C64 you know going through the stuff, but a lot of uh, a lot of stuff will has never I mean because there were thousands and thousands of files on there and a lot of them were not worth may may not have been worth saving, and and so a lot of them weren't. Wow, well let's hope some someday somebody remembers those discs. I hope so. And. Um, then some to somebody for archiving. Yeah, I hope so because a lot of those things are, well, they not they may not be good, but they are historical. They're history. What what did we learn from the archive um, episode that released last time? It doesn't matter if right. it's worthable or not. You are not the one deciding yes, that. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, other news. I got an Alexa spot device, and I figured, by the way, that um, you can actually listen to us 
on this device by installing um, either from the German or from the American um, store. It's called Food. And the way you have to say that you want to listen to us is kind of special because it really cannot understand a scene world. So I, I tried a little um, bit of luck and uh, there are some there is one combination that works and you would just say um, you would want to listen to the C64 podcast. Okay. And then you would get the Scene World podcast um, 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 played. Okay. Because um, the the algorithm understands it's like Cineworld. Cine yeah. Which is, or Sign World, which is, of course, not what we are. You're right. We are not cinematic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, we will put a link to that uh, to that app in the description. Yes. So uh, people can actually um, listen to us mm -hmm. on his assistant <laughs> if, if they want. If they want, yeah. Yeah. Um, other news. Do you have any? I got nothing. News? I got not a thing. Not a thing. I'm looking. I, I was just ripping through here, and I cannot find any kind of of news or anything new. I mean, we just did one. This this podcast is kind of it's coming out earlier than we would normally do because there's a impending Kickstarter that is time sensitive. So we didn't really have yeah. the time to scour the our our news sources. Or there are news we cannot share yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, well, right, well, I then, mean, yeah. If we got nothing else, then uh, you know, ten minutes, ten yeah. minutes. Yeah. Good. So then Good we enough. should go over. Leeway is is hanging out right there. She's been waiting uh, patiently uh, on the other side of the planet at like six a.m. So we're talking to Leeway Guan today about um, a new mechanical keyboard for uh, the Amiga five hundred, six hundred, and twelve hundred. There's currently a Kickstarter running. At the time of this recording, there's about 15 days left. So um, the final, it ends on December 4th. So welcome to the podcast. Good to see you. It's, uh, hello, everyone. Um, this is Lee Wei Guan. I'm the creator of this uh, uh, Amiga mechanic keyboard. But uh, I have also another partner. He is doing all the engineering side. And I'm in charge of this uh, supply chain. Uh, the story behind this uh, Amiga keyboard is that I, I'm Chinese. Uh, in China, in my age, uh, we don't know what is Amiga. We don't really have Amiga. We all just have IBM. Um, so, But uh, David is uh, my son's classmate's father. And he... Uh, when my son went to his house, they always playing games, and I saw this uh, really uh, strange keyboard. I thought, oh, why you have such a keyboard? It's like, and he said, it's not a keyboard, it's a, a computer. I said, really? It's a computer? It looks like a keyboard, an old keyboard. He said, no, it's a computer computer then he introduced me to this uh, uh, Amiga and Commodore 64 this all this uh, retro uh, vintage computer it really opened my eyes hmm. and ah. and I was really 
surprised that uh, uh, it, it still works so well. It performs so well, even like after so many decades. And Derek told me, "Oh, he want to change the keyboard. He want to feel good to typing and all this." And asked me because I'm Chinese, he think I can help him to get something achieved from the internet from my country. So I say, "Oh, okay. I'm I'm going to look for you." So I I look for these uh, switches and uh. He made the PCB uh, drawing. I sent to the factory, and they sent all this uh, drawing. Um, no, the keyboard, um, this uh, PCB board back, and he assembled it and all the switches. And now we just have to get some keycaps. Um, so let me ask you. So just to make sure I got this right. So yeah, yeah. actually, you got into the Amiga thing because of your father. And uh, it's kind it's, of a family business, so your father asked you to help you with no, um, no, it's not my father. It's my my son's classmate's father. Ah, so okay. They, 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 the two kids went to their home to play games, and I found out. Oh, this is a computer from my friend's David. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, Because yeah, I just yeah. wondered how how does this all fit together, but now yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Okay, interesting. Yeah, like uh, I cannot find the exact keycaps for for him, and all this uh, because there is some keycaps is uh, different. Yeah, mm -hmm. so um, then we just uh, think about uh, making the molding to make those keycaps because uh, yes, you know, keycap is uh, plastic, so they need molding to to make it just uh, injection. Right. right. Um, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but those plastic molding are talking about like thousands of dollars just to make a little one. So there are so many abnormal size on on this uh, on this uh, Amigas, and uh, and so I just um, say okay, let's go to crowdfunding, and. Uh, That's how this project started. Ah, okay. Yeah, well, um, we interviewed people um, about those projects before, and as you probably may have noticed, the mm. issue is always if you are starting out with something new and uh, people from the Commodore or Amiga scene didn't hear from you, then you really have a rough start to um, to prove yourself yes, that this yeah. is not vaporware and it's really happening, especially in this uh, keycap field. You know, there were other yeah. projects that promised a lot, but they never happened. Yeah, so. I understand. Um, I I also noticed there are other guys doing keycaps. He from England, and that's the difference. So I'm from China. So as you know, China is the world factory. Uh, everybody uh, make everything in China, so I can make it happen uh, over there. And um, 
that's not an issue for me because I work in this kind of field. <laughs> and uh, David is a very good engineer, and he he's IT and uh, electronic engineer. He designed those PCB board, and it's not a rocket science, to be honest. This uh, Amiga thing, uh, <laughs> it's just a PCB board and with some um, uh, switches and uh, plastic uh, uh, keycaps, and so. Uh, I don't know why he, the other guy charged two hundred dollars to to for a set, and uh, he must make a huge profit over there. And me and David don't intend to make uh, like a uh, too much profit. We just want to make it happen for all the Amiga fans. Uh, that's why uh, people are step skeptical. They say, "Oh, it's too good to be true," but it's a simple project. And why why people charge huge money? I don't understand. And also, um, David and I are all like uh, working for many many years in engineer in in this uh, project management. So we we have no issue to find the right source of uh, uh, suppliers uh, to make it. Uh, I understand the people are skepticals. Yeah. But we're not asking for two hundred dollars. We only ask for one hundred. We <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not about the price. It's about um, security that you get what you actually pledged for. I guess that's the main main issue. Yeah. But it's it's interesting to hear that somebody from China that has never been in touch with the machines originally, um, because they were not available at that time, Ooh. going the whole way of helping to make such a project um, a reality. That's very yes, interesting uh, for me. Yep, the, the, the people behind me is uh, the is an Amiga fan. Like uh, David is an Amiga fan. He he just obsession with all these retro computers. He has uh, the whole collection of uh, Amiga, Commodore, and also IBM and all the Apple, old Apple. So he is uh, like a retro computer like a guy. So he is the drive to push me to 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 finish this uh, to have this project, and my my son also like this kind of game very much. So he follow him. So I just think, okay, let's make this a learning kind of thing for both uh, my kids and David. So that's why uh, we decided to do this project. Yeah, well, because it's not gonna be all, only beneficial to David, but also for the kids to learn something like Arduino or PCB making and uh, 3D modeling to make them interesting. In my uh, point of view, I'm a mother. I just want my kids to learn something new, not just uh, obsessed with some um, computer game. Like that's my my intention to make it. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Um using computers for school or learning something was always the number one reason for getting an, an, a computer back even back in the 80s and 90s and in reality what did we do with it we played games on it <laughs> on it you know uh, <laughs> so, uh, yes in, in a way. yeah yeah um, so, so what is so special about your keyboard compared to, as you mentioned at the beginning, compared projects? 
Well, have there oh. been many compa- comparable projects? Because there have I been. Know. I don't believe there has been. Not for the Amiga. And I've said a couple of times that that you know the Amiga keyboards, the original ones that came with it. There's kind of two different versions. There's one with like a you know a spring. It's got a very one Commodore one twenty eight feel. The other one, which is the kind that I have, is kind of a rubber cup, and they don't feel. They don't. They're not great for actually using it as an actual keyboard and while we've had you know mechanical keyboards for like the c64 you know laubrixes you know mechboard 64 and whatnot for the for the amiga this hasn't really been a a thing which is and and it's one of those things where i feel like it's kind of important especially for um like the 600 and the 1200 because their keyboards had those kind of flimsy um the membrane you know that that would go bad and currently i believe that if you need to replace that you're buying new old stock you know you're you're buying unused things that are 30 years old or so so having something like this is is uh, pretty good so it's more like let's more compare this to the original keyboard what what it's replacing like what what does this bring to the table over what the original amiga keyboards had uh, uh yes uh, the uh Yes, the original Amiga keyboards are just uh, not, uh, as I, I, I type on it myself, it's not very good. And, um, so, uh, we, we already opened all the boxes of this Amiga 500, 600, 1200. The only difference is the, the, this PCB layout. And, and all the other things uh, is, uh, can make it compatible because uh, as uh, the PCB layout we can decide and just cut the PCB and then uh, we have this uh, the difference we're gonna put is the sockets in this uh, PCB to solder this all the sockets in the PCB that uh, you you use any cherry um, cherry switches you you can mm-hmm. just easily um, put just um plug it on on the sockets like so you can if you like green uh, switch brown switch black brown you can replace it yourself very easy so and also yeah and also the keycaps is uh, remo- removable so all this together uh, you can d diy yeah, yeah, on your personal references. That's how um, our keyboard is differences. Yeah. Okay. It's actually interesting because uh, we, as AJ mentioned before, we, we spoke to Lau Prax, who did the oh. Commodore 64 keyboard replacement, and he told us that one of the main problems was language barrier with the Chinese supplier, or they wouldn't understand what he needs for these old computers. And it's interesting to talk to a Chinese supplier now who actually understands and is contributing on on her own initiative to make this project possible. So that's, for me, totally interesting um, uh, to see it from the other point of view. Right. You know? he- yeah, because uh, as I told you, China never have this Amiga. So exactly. for for foreigner to 
talk remotely uh, if he didn't go to China um, and to give the real things to show the Chinese supplier, they would not have a clue what they are. So that's why I have this advantage to make this project really happen and to be a quicker happening because he has spent like two years to make it happen. Yes, but I, I don't know all the details in how he make it. But our our a prototype has been on the video and if you, everyone look at our video they can understand how this uh, the concept and the principle on the technology we use um to make it yeah hmm. interesting i so, would actually yeah. ask a question you know just off of off topic a little bit is that you know we've we've spoken about the retro computing um, seen in lots of different places. You know, we've covered most of Europe. We've done South America. And and Asia has always been something that I've been uh, uh, interested in because a lot of these machines were built or assembled in, in China or Japan or somewhere. And yet there isn't much of a Commodore 64 or Amiga scene in there. So I, I were they even sold in China and Japan? Or is they, that... They they never sold in china and japan uh, but uh, japanese people still know about it better mm -hmm. than china because uh, they they have um, earlier uh, correspondence with the us but in china we only open to the world from the 1978 so by that time it's not like computer is the first uh, priority or choice uh, for us to get the yeah import. Right. It's, uh, IBM is the one, but not Amiga. We, we don't know about Amiga and Commodore. Okay. Was there any kind of yeah. um, region specific, like like a like a Chinese made and computer, like like England had you know the the BBC Micro and. Or not that were very very kind of country specific is there anything that was made in the 80s that is sort of specific to the chinese market that that we might you know the people that are listening that have never had access to 1980s china would never have even heard of uh yes uh, the it's the ibm 2a6 do you know about yeah. it oh yeah yeah the, the, the very yeah and then we we've uh, very quick upgrade to um to a a three a six and then pan team mm -hmm. and that's how how it goes yeah but okay. chinese computer and then oh, um this uh lenovo you know mm -hmm. lenovo um took over ibm uh, right. ibm don't want to do any software and then we have uh apple Basically, in China at that time, even in now, we only know IBM and Apple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Lenovo is pretty big here in Germany. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> computer, my laptop at, at work is a Lenovo, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lenovo, uh, at the beginning, Lenovo was the first um, Chinese uh, company a Chinese computer brand in in China, and and then after IBM don't want to do their hardware anymore, uh, they just sold it to Lenovo, and mm. then Lenovo took over. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah and then true. all these 
Yeah, yeah. And like after IBM and then there is Dell come from the US to uh I think at that time Dell also took up a a, a big piece of the uh, computer market in China. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now it's uh, too many varieties. So we <laughs> they produce lots of uh, laptops and computers. Hmm. I wonder, as there are 15 days to go and you are still a bit struggling, do you have any backup plan in case um, of the funding not going as planned? Uh, or, or will you just try a second round of Kickstarter? Yeah, we've had quite a few people uh, that we've seen that, that their first attempt at the Kickstarter has, didn't didn't quite make it. But on a second try, second or third, you know, it, it, it pushed through. Dave Lowe, I believe, is one of those guys, you know, a big uh, yeah, musician exactly. from the, from yeah. the 80s. Uh, yes, we 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 already foresee about it, um, and I I'm so glad that you um, contact us, and I hope after this podcast go on um, on the internet, the people will get to know us more and know the story behind us, so they they can rush to back us at the last two weeks. Um, if uh, that will if the project fail in Kickstarter, we might uh, go to Indiegogo, and yeah, that's how, what, what our plan is. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Indiegogo has the yeah, advantage yeah. of having flexible funding. Right. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah I think Indiegogo uh, now is more famous than Kickstarter. They have more projects over there. Maybe a more people like get traffic in the internet to all go to Indiegogo better than Kickstarter. I, uh, that's my, like my view. Yeah. I don't know. Right. And with and Kickstarter, also, you're kind of limited too, to where if you don't make your full, your full pledge amount, then there's, you get nothing, you know, it's an all or nothing thing. Whereas with Indiegogo, you could still produce the amount that is, you know, you know, if, if, if 50 people or, or, or 80 people pledge to Indiegogo and it's not the full amount that's being looked for, you can still deliver something to that group of people that's, that's yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, that's contributing. Yeah, uh, we we thinking about Indiegogo and we also will think about uh, how to modify our design to make it um, maybe less cost so we don't need, that much money so once we go to indiegogo um maybe we we could make it happen yeah that's how how we our backup plan is also maybe we do some spam uh, <laughs> on emailing to everyone um yeah yeah because that's the other thing about this this project that has been surprising to me is that i have not i haven't seen it many places a, a lot of times when someone is trying to push through a new product, it'll, you'll see it repeatedly posted on Facebook or, you know, social media sites where people kind of gather for this. And I haven't seen much about this, uh, shown yeah. and listed. So is there like a, like a, 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 is there a PR method behind this? Like, is there a plan or, or are you just kind of, yeah, because, um, 
like I was going to do all these spam things, mm-hmm. um, but David say he he's a bit conservative. He say all the real people, real fans of Amiga will not want to receive all this spam email. If they uh, think you are spam, they will never uh, back us. That's what he he says. So we have a different uh, opinion on this. Uh, I think it's a good idea to just get everything go out to reach everybody as much as we can. But uh, he's a bit conservative. Yeah, <laughs> that's how 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 it is. Yes. So now with this mm. with the project, um, I you know talking about the costs of it. From what I you know from what I can understand, the the keycaps are the that's the most the expensive part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a um, the keycaps are as you know. It's a need to make the molding. So this mm. molding is gonna be a fixed asset. It's if people only buy one ton, and then this molding will just stay there like a iron, just uh, for for rubbish. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that's why, and people, the the factory don't want to invest on something that they don't know about the market. Um, so both David and I need to come up with all this funding for for the molding. So there is so many ab- abnormal keys in this uh, keyboard. <laughs> uh, so so it's it has uh, so many plastic molding. That's why uh it's expensive. Yeah. Like uh, as you can see, um, the Commodore uh, cases. The mm-hmm. guy is very successful. Um, he got uh, one thousand people backing. Yeah, right. The guy from Singapore. Yes, yes. So it's the same issue. It's uh, about molding issue. Yeah. And we have seen some issues with. I, I believe it's phase five where they were having keycap issues. Because there's a lot more thought into them than than you would think. They had gone through the point of getting the molds and started making it, and then realized that they the shape of the top of the key is just slightly off, and so it doesn't sit right. And then they had to go and start from scratch because, again. And there's a uh, whole as a, yes. Uh, Making a mold is a very hard job, and it requires a, a lot of like a back and forth modifying to to make it the final version to uh, precisely fit into those um, uh, switches and uh, on the right um, direction and the right position, and maybe those people, the other keycap people, they didn't go to the keycap factory. Those factory specialize in keyboard. So we are going to the, the factory that really making uh, their major businesses keyboard. So we are going to those supplier, not just any plastic um, uh, plastic toy supplier or plastic any plastic um, factory to make it. They might not have the expertise to make these little things right. That's why uh, I'm Chinese. It's a perfect person to handle this project. So people should, um, after this podcast, people should know uh, who we are and have more confidence in us. Yeah, not being skepticals. Yeah, right. That would be ideal. That would be ideal because it's a. It looks like a really great project, and the the prototypes that 
you have on the website and we'll put links to all of the website and whatnot in the in the podcast description so people can visit them but the um the prototypes look really good and and solid and well put together and these are using the the cherry switches and there's there's three different kinds that you can use uh, yeah, yeah. There is uh, three different kinds of uh, colors that you can choose. Or if you don't want our switches, you can buy it yourself. Uh, switches is not a problem because I already explained that we were going to have these sockets that can fit any um, any cherry s- switches. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So uh, after you uh, saw our video or and our writing on this um, Kickstarter website, uh, do you think any other information that we need to put um, to make people like uh, more interested, or any other information missing we didn't think of to put it there? Um, I I think it's pretty good. I I think that it could work. Um, to have more um, exposure uh, to the greater Amiga community because like I said I haven't I haven't seen too much about it uh, I, I kind of stumbled across it on a small news site and and thought oh that's that's interesting I could use that because my my Amiga 500's got one of the squishy keyboards that isn't isn't very good you know they're not they're not they're not great for gaming or for typing you know it's just kind of yeah. but yeah I mean there's there's a lot of good information on it and and it had there's a video that that shows you know how it, how it goes together and it's it looks like a very good professional product and I'm jazzed I hope it it makes it because it's and and I hope that if 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 the kickstarter does not succeed I hope you don't give up on it because it's it really is a good idea and it's one of those things that Lots of other machines have had these these mechanical keyboard replacements, but the Amiga has kind of been left out of that loop. Uh, yes, I was surprised as well because uh, uh, when I do some research on Amiga and I found Amiga is the most active uh, community uh, in the world, like uh, still till now, it's uh, like a lot of fans. And there must be something really good about this Amiga. So we need to like bring it back to life and uh, reserve it and introduce to more like young generation to have a look. And maybe there will be some other invention based on this uh, inspiration of Amiga. Uh, where can people go to find out about the, this new mechanical keyboard and and everything that you guys are trying to do? I've got a website here. It's um, the the micro, uh, dot com. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's where people can go uh, to see what yeah, you guys yeah, are yeah. doing, and then there's also the Kickstarter yeah. site that links to that. Yeah. So. Yeah. We will put links to that in our podcast description. Yeah, thank you very much for um, uh, the interview so people know about us uh, now, I hope. <laughs> well, we, we uh, will do everything that we can. And like I said, if it if the Kickstarter doesn't succeed, if it falls short by any amount, I hope you don't give up on it and, and pursue it yeah. through Indiegogo or some other method because it's really a, it's, it's a cool project that I, I really do think uh, would benefit the the greater Amiga community. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks yeah, for sitting for with the, us. Your time. Yeah. See you. Bye. So that was Liwei Guan. 
from Micronix. Uh, she's developing the new mechanical keyboard. If you want to know what she's doing, um, you can check out www.themicronix.com. There's also a Kickstarter link, which we will put in the podcast description. It's kickstarter.com slash project slash Micronix slash Commodore dash Amiga dash 500 dash upgrade dash new dash mechanical dash keyboard. Um, so everyone check that out. Um, post your questions. If there's anything else that you want to know, then, then yeah. Um, for Jörg, Jörg is, is still getting his groceries. So for Jörg. I'm AJ. See ya.